Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Twentieth of June, two thousand twelve. Episode Yay. number sixty-three of the Skeptic Wire. I am your host Gary Law, and with me this week are Greg Pride. The future comprehends a symphony of acceptance. And Donna Swafford. Whoop 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 whoop. It's a bonobo call. Actually, I think it's a good nope. As we, as we all looked for the, towards the door, waiting for a bonobo to show up. I guess you don't have any bonobos in your backyard. No, I do not. So, what what, what was that quote that you read? Uh, that was uh, something generated by the uh, wisdomofchopra.com website. Oh, uh, yeah. Which uh, will randomly generate a... Um, a Chopraism. A Chopraism, yeah, <laughs> of a Deepak Chopra-type quote. Which they just basically build by taking all the nouns and verbs and whatever from past Deepak Chopra tweets, yeah. and they put them together and in a can... random sentence. And the great thing is they they they, they look wonderful on a picture. Yeah, so I made a, I made a, a couple of pictures with with random quotes that were come up with, and they look they they look exactly like a demotivational. I mean, a motivational poster. <laughs> And just about as deep too. Well, yes, he's um. Well, no, he's yeah, he's deep. He's about as he's deep, deep as a measuring cup. See, <laughs> he's about as deep as a puddle. As an ock, as the great ack. If you remember the great ack from uh, the uh, Rankin Basson, no wait, is he speaking English right now? Because I'm not who, understanding who the, a word. Who are the the uh, base and Rankin, the the animators, claymation. I have no idea what you're talking about. <clears throat> I, I think do. people did um, uh, Dino and- Woman and and Power Electro Girl, Electro Woman and Dino Girl, and and the the uh, it's base and Rankin. Yes. Anyway, they they had a Christmas they had a Christmas special about. The origins of Santa Claus one year. This is like early 70s, I think. And apparently, according to their mythology, uh, Santa Claus was abandoned in the woods and he was raised by the woodland creatures. And then the gods of the forest, when he got older, came to him and wondered what we will do with this child of the forest. And the leader of, of all of these gods of the forest was called the great ack ak uh which i think is hilarious donna would you do me a favor and go walk over to where gary is and sniff his drink (laughs) because i want to know what (laughs) it do you is this real it's absolutely real the film itself you can find you can see it on youtube yeah, yeah, you should be able to YouTube it. Yeah, I think it's because it usually it's yeah Rankin Bass is how Ra- it's... Rankin Bass, R A N K I N B A S S Rankin and Bass. 
Yeah, it's usually just slash though. Slash, yeah. Uh, but I think I think it's called uh, the origins of Santa Claus or, or origins well, of Christmas you know what? or something. We'll put a link up. We will. I'll find it. It's hilarious. And if you want, you, you're thinking I'm on something. Watching this will is it kind of Sid and Marty Croft level drugginess. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That That's a great I act. know about. So now that you know that, deep act Chopra. Oh, okay. I was wondering where all this was coming from. <laughs> God, I'm really starting to regret saying anything about Deepak Chopra at the beginning of the show. <laughs> and so, the wisdom of Chopra. So, uh, what do we have? Well, today's the, the solstice. summer solstice. That's balance true. your eggs, people. Balance so your eggs. I balanced an egg on my head. Actually, I balanced my head on an egg. Isn't your head an egg? An egg, yes. Yes, it is. So an egg on your egg. Yes. Which can only or be is done that like in a the sex position. I don't know. We don't talk about such things. Which you can find on smittenkitten.com. Smitten kitten. <laughs> uh, well, I just figured we'd switch sex shop websites to see if somebody else was going to sponsor us. Donna? Smitten didn't got. Uh, Smitten, whatever the hell it is. Smitten kitten. <laughs> I know that Pershing Kitty is one. So actually, there's a website called Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten. It's it's. <laughs> Who do they cater to, Greg? <laughs> Everybody. I just have buy this don't name name. Well, okay. I think there's smittenkittenonline.com. Hold on, I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, smittenkittenonline.com. Ah. Sex toys and supplies. See, I I've heard on the Savage Love podcast. Oh, okay. So, See, well, we can't, we can't, we can't push them. Then they'll put us right up against. I mean, we're already up against all of these other podcasts with skeptics and, are and you, atheism. Are you saying you have a problem being up against Dan Savage? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Sounds like a little. Especially bit of... if I'm in an elevator. <laughs> Not to start passing rumors or anything. <laughs> I'm sure he's be about be a perfect gentleman. And look, they have Fifty Shades of Grey floggers. <laughs> nice. I've actually been approached to do a video called Fifty Shades of Black and Blue. You lead a very interesting life, Donna. <laughs> Can I say? Uh, so do we have any birthdays other than the uh, <laughs> the middle of the year? So, born today, June 20th in 1861, was Sir Frederick Gowland Hopkins. Of Hollywood. Is he the guy that? What? Is <laughs> he the guy that that founded Johns Hopkins? I don't think so. And he He's the great great grandfather of Sir Anthony Hopkins. I have no idea. He was English, so it's he liked rabbits. <laughs> hop. Never mind. Hop 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 hop. Yeah yeah yeah. He was an English biochemist who was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology. He dis- he basically discovered that vitamins existed. Um, hmm. He he, ba- he he did these animal feeding experiments where he he gave them protein and fat and sugar, all the basic building blocks that we think of of food, and then you know basically tracked their their the these rats or bunnies or whatever Hopkins or rabbits. Hopkins, yeah. Um, tracked their health and and their growth and and saw that they did not do as well as the control. Hmm. So we figured there must be other substances within food, some trace substances that 
aided in nutrition, which was stuff we need. And um, his first thought wasn't it was little gnomes that lived inside the food, right? That he was actually a scientist. No, idea. because he was a scientist. <laughs> so, and before there was the Atkins diet, there was a Hopkins diet. Of yes, you should have vitamins <laughs> and stuff. So, you know, it's this kind of research that led him to, you know, led to things like well. Let's compare butter to margarine because they have a lot of the same substances, but butter has a lot of the, sorry to use this term, natural substances that bodies that bodies crave can use like yes. electrolytes. Yeah, I think he and he he won the Nobel Prize in 1929 because of these kind of discoveries. And uh, the reason, besides the fact that he was a neat science guy, um, I brought him up as a skeptical birthday. Wasn't he the guy who discovered the amino acid tryptophan? Yes, in 1901. 1901. So 19 years before he discovered uh, little gnomes living inside our food that gave us energy. He found the little gnomes that put us to sleep after Thanksgiving oh. Day dinner. Yeah, well, he, and he, he discovered they had little hammers that you know, beat our little uh, our brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a small correction. He got the Nobel Prize in 1929. He had ah. discovered vitamins early, earlier than oh, that. Oh, yeah, because it never happens. Sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yes. You never get. You never go. I've discovered vitamins, and they go here. Have a million dollars. Right. So in 1901, he discovered amino acid of tryptophan, and in 1912 is when he was doing his. um, He he published his experiments on vitamins. Okay. And then in 29, he was given the Nobel Prize, and in 1947, he died. Aww. Aww. But uh, it, speaking about skeptical, skeptically looking at things, uh, tryptophan doesn't isn't actually a thing that makes us tired. Yeah, uh, I think they've discovered that it's really just the overeating that it's makes the, you tired. The quote unquote <laughs> carb coma. Yeah, of yeah. just eating a lot makes you sleepy. Yeah, because uh, supposedly there's not enough tryptophan in the turkey to actually make you fall asleep. Right, you'd have to eat like forty turkeys whole. To get that's a lot of turkeys. Yes, that's and like that's like more turkeys than uh, oh, Kursilak than the entire the, creation museum. Y- yes, but I was thinking more more turkeys that were pushed out of the helicopter on WKRP in Pete's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> Less Nesman. Less Nesman. I'm aware of WKRP in Cincinnati. I just didn't really watch it a lot oh, okay. as a kid. I think it was also based on the film FM. But there you go. Which, if you haven't seen, you should, because I believe it has a lot of really good music in it. Right. Uh, so that was Frederick Gowland Hopkins, born today, June 20th, in some time in the past. Yeah, but he died. Yes. But we're not dead. We're alive. And speaking about live, we have a Greg live. <laughs> Well, no, we have our live episode coming up. We have you a live episode coming up. He stepped all over his transition. He was doing beautifully. Actually, no, because he was going to you guys. Our, he was yeah, skipping was... our live episode. But in the big board, it's in the order concert. In the order that episode. has been decreed. <laughs> Thus I have spoken, for I am who I says I am. It's written in erasable ink. <laughs> it cannot be changed until it is changed. <laughs> It's kind of a Schrodinger's cat really. kind of thing. Of yeah, can you imagine if uh, Noah came down from the from the mount? And we have written it on this whiteboard. Um, Noah came down from the mount. Sure, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing last year about atheists being more uh, learned in religious stuff? But he did. He did from from 
Noah had to have come down from the mount. I didn't say he came down with like the Ten Commandments. I was just saying <laughs> you were about to say because he had the two arms out like Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. Yes, but he was carrying the whiteboard. Oh well, that makes it all much better because that's not an anachronism. He was carrying the whiteboard of rules. That's what allows priest to get away with their little predilections and nobody does anything about it. It's things like that. It's yeah. an erasable ink so that yeah. they can change it as needed. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so- like Moses coming down from <laughs> the mountain with his two whiteboards just kind of, you know. Anglo-Saxon. Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> right yeah, it's just What just were not we funny. talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, let's just go through our schedule. Well, we go through announcements then. Announcements. So, We've got a live show coming up on August 1st. Uh, that'll be a Wednesday when we normally record. Uh, and it's going to be at a place called Big Bob's Burgers. Here in San Antonio. Here in San Antonio. So not any Big Bob's Burgers elsewhere in the world, but here in San Antonio. Uh, there's, a, there's a meetup with the skeptics, so you can go and, and find out directions and all that. And then at the same place, but earlier... <laughs> As in this weekend, the 23rd. Which is why I listed them in that order on yes. the big whiteboard, which has got us off on that weird tangent. Yes. So, uh, June 23rd, or the 23rd of June, uh, Greg and I are doing a live music show, which is going to be uh, music. Fun. Yes, it'll be fun. <laughs> There'll be a lot of, of banter. Yes, so we will banter like we do on the podcast without editing. <laughs> and we will sing songs, our own songs. As our, well as covers. Some of our favorite covers, yeah. And So come eat burgers of various sorts, and they also have drinks of various sorts. Alcoholic, yes. non-alcoholic. and Well, they have they have beer and wine. They don't have any hard liquor, for those of you who like hard liquor. They have their beer license, but not right. their alcohol license. I don't know. Beer bottles can be kind of hard. Hopefully they won't be thrown at us. So far, so good. Uh, yeah, so there's a good selection of beer there. Yay! So, we have another update. So, I've got an update on a story that uh, we've been covering over the last few months. Um, we talked about the Help Reunite Ariel and Jordan Facebook page. Mm-hmm. A friend of ours, Jordan, who's here in San Antonio, was having some issues with his ex and child custody and uh, we helped advertise the campaign to try to give them a little bit of financial help with attaining a lawyer so Jordan could get access to his child, who is seven, I believe. Seven. seven. Yeah, um, seven. Little Ariel. And um, so there was this wonderful outpouring of support, and we talked with Jordan about this on a few episodes back. And we just wanted to let you guys know that he... A few weeks ago, had been able to Skype with her and kind of get back in touch. We we found out that he's also been able to see her in person now. Because right. he he won the the current case. Well, it's still kind of ongoing in that there's another hearing to finalize well, another everything. Right. Yeah. He won the first one, so at the moment he has all well, rights, actually, and they're his... probably not going to take it away from him. But they're determining right. Uh, no, the actual the first hearing that was supposed to be this past week actually ended up basically getting dropped hmm. while they work out the final paperwork basically the Ariel's maternal side has kind of basically said yeah we're not going to fight this right so that's very very good news uh, they got one more like 
we said one more hearing to work out the final details, but but Jordan does have custody, uh, at least joint custody of Ariel, and uh, they will. And she has been in town, and he has been able to uh, visit with her yes, uh, in and, person, and may yeah. ha- may actually have be able to have her live with him. But there's going to be. A More. legal binding decree yeah. stating, you know, he has X amount of custody, he has X amount of visitation, he has X amount in child support. All, I mean, it's all going to be covered. So Excellent. good news. Yay. Yay. And one more interesting. Wow, that's a long intro. <laughs> it's the most interesting. Well, and all right. Thanks for coming in, everybody. <laughs> Um, we have had some pretty intro-y intros in the past that have gone yeah. on for like 45 minutes. This so. is true. Uh, and this we will could be, be no worse. exception. Um, so the San Antonio Coalition of Reason is going to be hosting a talk coming up on the 16th of July uh, with Leo Igwe. I believe I pronounced that correct. And yeah. he is a secular guy from Nigeria? Yes, I believe he's from Nigeria. He is a human rights supporter. Um he has been fighting the modern day witch hunts from um Helen Hope Kaibo and all of Am- that. Amongst other because we yeah, have a okay. whole bunch of people from the United States going over to the African mm-hmm. countries uh helping make the policies that they would just love to see happen in America. Yeah. But can't the yeah. witch hunting bills, the criminalized homosexuality Jai. type bills, yeah. lots of religious division and that sort of thing. No. So, uh, do we know the specific topic of his talk? Is it just going to be about all that's going on in Africa? We don't uh, know. It's going to be talking about human rights, religion, and modern day witch hunts. Um, it will be at the First Unitarian Church here in San Antonio, which is just off of the I ten. Um, here in San Antonio, July 16th, 7 p.m. And so there's probably the San Antonio Co- Coalition of Reason and Meetup Pages. It's, it's on the we'll side and ever, all of the Coalition of Reason meetup groups and stuff are posting it on, on their sites. So if you're in San Antonio uh, around, well, around on the 16th or around... Uh, the surrounding areas uh, come on out because we're also trying to get churches involved uh, because this affects them as well, especially the more uh, liberal, progressive, uh, yeah, thinking churches. Also, if you're in Austin or the Valley and can make it up, please, you know, come. Yeah, come on up. Uh, it's free. Uh, we with donation because what? we kind of need to pay for transportation and housing costs, room and board for them. Yeah. All right. So that being said, as far as long topics go, and speaking about long topics, my vagina. You're not supposed to use that word. Don't you know that? No, I didn't. Who is telling us that we can't use the medically appropriate term vagina? Well, it appears those wacky Michigan legislators. The Republican, the male Republican legislatures in Michigan, are are hard up against the vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> wow! SmittenGettingOnline.com. There you go. Uh, this past week, they have been trying to pass a an anti-abortion bill. Uh, amongst other things, but basically another Republican war on women type of thing. 
or pro-family, depending on how you look at it. Anti-science. And the Democratic representative, Lisa Brown, got up and basically said that she was Jewish and that abortions don't really go against her faith. Especially if they're required to save the life of the mother. Especially if they're... There were barely any... Um, exceptions for saving the life of a mother in this bill, from what I understand. Yeah, any time after 20 weeks, you're shit out of luck. Yeah, even if you have a stillborn baby dead in you. Nope, no abortion. you got to carry it to term. Exactly. And she said, you know, this this doesn't really affect... So this is a faith-based bill, and it shouldn't be. And if you guys come up with good reasons not to do it... That makes different, but you're really pushing them down, pushing it through on religious grounds. <clears throat> and so she said, um, "You want me to quote ex- it? Why don't we yes. let the woman of the podcast yes, please. say it?" Finally, so I, I will. Oh, what? Oh, okay. Go. Finally, Mr. Speaker, I am flattered that you are all so interested in my vagina, but no means no. Yeah. And that got Representative Mike Calton all a flutter. Because what she said was offensive. It was so offensive, I don't even want to say it in front of women. I would not say that in mixed company. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because we know that women never say vagina. They usually use the C word. So... <laughs> <laughs> and the, the further quote from Representative Brown was... If I can't say the word vagina, why are we legislating them? Exactly. Yeah, so they, they censored and censured her and would not allow her or a, a, another woman to speak against the bill or even talk about the bill. So it's these men pushing this bill through without proper debate. Debate. Now, it appears that all the men were on board for this one for whatever reason, but... Yeah, so they shut down the debate on this from people who might be affected by it. Right. Well, note that what Byram was shut down over was her introducing an amendment to the abortion regulations bill, which banned men from getting a vasectomy unless the sterilization process was necessary to prolong their life. Yeah. And she also was, this uh, representative Barb Byram uh, was also censured and barred from speaking and... So, yeah, no glass ceiling at all. Uh, they, but, they've just kind of lost all trace of pretending that this is any any sort of... All these kind of abortion bills or any debate over this has anything to do with pure morality. They just don't want to talk about it at all. It's just, you know, you by fiat, we're going to talk about... We're going to do this whether you like it or not. Yeah. It's lost all trace of, well, we need to convince people that this is wrong. It's just, no, you're going to do what we say or else. That, that's the way it seems. Uh, now, what, one thing that's getting overlooked is what was in the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, kind of important. Yeah. So just real quick, uh, some of the points. First of all, the RU486 so-called uh, after morning after pill or plan B uh, has to be used within 63 days of pregnancy. Has to do. You have to do it in the presence of a doctor. Well, that's probably a good idea. Uh, well, the whole, I mean, well, the, d- the whole point is, the is c- it stops implantation of right. of the film. So there's no reason for that. What that does is it keeps people who are 
outside. Did you say within 63 hours or 63 days? Days. days. When you're you're taking it 63 days after conception, you've already implanted. Okay. Um, Are you 486? Is the abortive effort of it? The morning after pill, I believe, is just a high concentration. And I might be wrong here. There, there are There's a lot a- of morning after pills that don't necessarily prevent implantation. Some of them delay ovulation. Okay, but, Some of them but 63 days is still not a fetus. It's still like a blastocyst. Right. There's, there's kind of... There's... In certain cases, it might not be a bad idea to... Okay, to regardless. Take- regardless. Yes. Cut that all out. <laughs> if you want to do this four days after you found out that you were pregnant, yes. you would still have to go to a doctor. You would still have to go to the doctor's office and you have to do it there. And you have to go through all the procedures that the other person would. You have to be told what was going to happen. You have to be shown the pictures. You have to do all that crap. It's bullshit. Right. Is my point. There's, there's, there's a certain amount of medically suggestible, a, a good idea of medical ideas of you know, advising of side effects of pills. Sure. Or, you know, are you sure, you know, making sure someone's counseled or whatever. That's perfectly valid, but that's between a doctor and a patient to decide. Yeah, Once it, someone it should, has come it shouldn't be legislated. Said, but I need this. A doctor, yeah. a doctor knows what it is, and the doctor is probably going to tell you, but you shouldn't have to go through psychological counseling because you've, you've accidentally got pregnant and you've got, you know, eight, 16 cells in your body. They've taken the idea of basic common sense things that a doctor and a patient would do anyway and, and they're, they're made it into shaming practices. Sure. Exactly. So, number two, uh, at clinics that provide abortions must have a full surgical suite in their offices, which is Kind of cost prohibitive. I don't even know what's in a surgical suite. But I'm pretty, more, don't know a doctor. <laughs> more importantly, it's it's the equipment, right? That's in there. The defibrillators, the this, the that. The, oh yeah, the machine that goes bing. The, yes, which is the most expensive machine in the hospital. But the other thing is, they also have to have exorbitant malpractice insurance, right? More so than say normal doctors. A Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Oh, well, they want to get rid of Brett. Yeah, Planned I know. Everybody, uh, everybody always wants to get rid of Planned Parenthood. So, and then there was the uh, the no no abortions after twenty weeks, except to save a woman's life. Uh, so there was that life prevention, which is some some states were completely doing away with. Right, it, just it no has abortions it, but my understanding is the language it was couched in made it very very narrow on what was considered trying to save a woman's life. Yeah. So, so that's. What they were supposed to be debating, which apparently they just can't stand it. Uh, so Lisa Brown and Barbara Byram and playwright Eve Ensler and Rebecca Warren After and Arbor. After kerfuffle happened within the house. Yes. Uh, a couple of days later, held a protest on the steps of the Capitol and read the vagina monologues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, Eve Ensler is the person who wrote, is the playwright who wrote the Vagina Monologues. So that's uh, really, I think that's hilarious. And going back to talking about Mike Carlton, or sorry, Mark, Mike K. 
Calton. The, the representative, uh, the representative who, who censured, yeah. Uh, Lisa Brown said, "One of my counterparts said vagina is such a disturbing word that he would never deign to use it in the presence of woman or mixed company." This from a man who earned a bachelor's degree in biology. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Representative Kelton, you're a twat. <laughs> uh, I've got better words for that, but yep. He's a crotch. So if if you've been wondering what He's the hell was going on canoozle. with the if you if you douche nozzle if you no, canoozle can, it's a combination canoe and nozzle uh, canoozle. Gotcha. So if you're wondering about the whole uh, can't say vagina, don't legislate it. That's what this is about, right? Uh, the sorry, the meme that's going around Facebook and generally the internet. Well, uh, Michigan has been having some other issues with trying to figure out how to realize that you're supposed to separate church and state in that they also just passed a bill in the house which i think passed 59 to 60 um there was a woman julia ward who julia was or junior or something julia okay <laughs> whatever she didn't have a freaky weird name there was a woman julia ward who was um taking part in a graduate level counseling program at eastern michigan university and she basically flat out refused to counsel a gay student because of her Christian religious beliefs. Right. And the school, because she declined to work with, with these kind of patients, because of the code of ethics of the program, the counseling program said, you know what, we're letting you go. But the House just passed a bill prohibiting state public universities from doing that. <laughs> Because student refuses to counsel or serve a client as to goals, outcomes, or behaviors that conflict with sincerely held religious beliefs of the student. If the student refers a client to a counselor who will provide the counseling services, she refused to to even refer people to other people. She just said, I'm not going to counsel you. So it's another level. There's a lot of people up in Michigan who are doing a lot of very religiously based laws and thinking that is causing a lot of problems well they're going to uh, get into the law of unintended consequences with by passing that yeah (laughs) yep such as uh, louisiana for example yes who also passed a law uh sorry they didn't did they pass no it was was having to do with school vouchers yeah they, they passed a law having to do with school vouchers and a whole bunch of christian organizations including christian organizations that could not Except the amount of students that they were trying to get for the vouchers, right? Uh, or were just lying about how many students. Yeah, they like like a homeschooling had. thing that that wanted three hundred when in fact they have room for five. Well, no, and a lot of them are like saying we're currently housing thirty eight students, but we can take up to three hundred, and therefore receiving millions upon millions of federal aid. Right. So that's what we're talking about. Vouchers is the schools get the money to help pay for these students to go. To these schools. Now, the bad thing about that is that we're, a Christian school in and of itself is not bad. Okay, the problem is when that Christian school only teaches uh, directly from the Bible. So you get the young Earth creationist stuff. Uh, you don't learn about biology. Basically, you don't learn anything that'll get you through. Oh, I don't know, twenty first century life. Do we have any examples of 
um, the specific things that these kind of schools have actually been presenting as quote unquote science or education? Yes. Using oh, okay. the A Becca book system, the Bob Jones University text and the accelerated Christian education textbooks. Wait, wait, what was that last one again? Accelerated Christian education. So that's where you hit people even faster with your Bible? Yes. That, that's where you go. Uh, do you believe in the evolution class? No. Yes. <laughs> okay. Or, or yeah. maybe it's some kind of, you know, Bible Doppler effect. <laughs> yes. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> sorry, so, I don't know what <laughs> No, say it faster. Are... It's accelerated. Well, you have to hit him with the Bible. So go ahead. Sorry. So this is from their science education stuff. Because it's no. not really science and it's not really education. Um, science proves that homosexuality is a learned behavior. Uh, no. The second law of thermodynamics disproves evolution. No. Um, no. No transitional fossils exist. No. A big fucking no. Humans and dinosaurs coexisted. Yes. No, that's the Flintstones you're thinking of. Mm. Isn't the coelacanth a dinosaur? Hold on, we actually no. get to that. We get to that one, actually. Um, evolution has been disproved. Uh, only by certain people who don't understand what it is. A Japanese whaling boat found a dinosaur. Coelacanth! Coelacanth! A is a type of fish. Yes. Fish were not dinosaurs. Yes. Why not? Dinosaurs were like thunder lizards on land. There's a specific category of you have no idea birdie type animal. You have no idea the gas that a coelacanth can pass. That's why they were called thunder lizards in the first place. So and, moving and, on, and solar fusion. Are you saying that George Robb's album is just full of farts? Yeah. Okay. Have you not listened to it? Okay. And the last one in the science standards is. Solar fusion Sorry, is a myth. Solar fusion? Yes. Why, how the hell is that even in... So what? the idea that hydro, uh, was it hydrogen is fused into helium that produce the, the energy in the sun, that's a myth? Apparently. What yeah. do they think it is? A big fucking campfire? <laughs> yeah. They, they go it's by... It's God's little campfire, don't you know? That's where he and Jesus and the Holy Spirit hug and sing Kumbaya. You have, to, you have to understand, they're going with They Might Be Giants' old album where they sing, they're going with They Might Be Giants' old song that says the ball is a massive incandescent gas. Not with the new song, uh, which they say the, the sun is, my, is a miasma of incandescent plasma. See? So they're stuck in, in, in olden times. In but here, here's yeah. the thing, though. <laughs> it's not just science. Of course not. Why well, stop there? Yes. Only 10% of Africans can read or write because Christian mission schools have been shut down by communists. By God. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> There's a whole lot of shit going on in that. Let's unpack that. How many communists are really in Africa? Well, apparently 90%. Yeah. <laughs> only Christian schools can teach you how to fucking read? And write. Yeah. And right. Oh, well, sorry. I forgot that. Yes, of course. The Ku Klux Klan in some areas of the country tried oh. to be a means of reform. Fighting yeah, yes. the that, that, That's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> they tried. No, it gets better. Fighting the decline in morality and using the symbol of the cross. In some communities, it achieved a certain respectability 
as it worked with politicians. I don't even understand what that means. Because, what? Because what? certain politicians like David Duke were oh, KKK Klansman, yeah. people, they got respectable. Uh, oh, because like, they're politicians, they're respectable because there are no disrespected politicians. Here's right. my personal favorite. Wait a minute, all this other shit hasn't been happy for you? This yeah. is your favorite one? God used the Trail of Tears to bring many Indians to Christ. <laughs> By killing them? (laughs) That's just my personal favorite. I'm like, holy shit. So, but these aren't Mormons, right? (laughs) Okay, next one is... These are the people getting your state and federal tax dollars, dollars people. In Louisiana. Louisiana. Alright, continue. It cannot be shown scientifically that man-made pollutants will one day drastically reduce the depth of the atmosphere's ozone layer. Oh, Yeah. Yes, well, it can. No, no, they're talking specifically about the ozone later, which sort of goes, rebounds, well, the next goes statement, back The next statement actually kind of dovetails into it. God has provided certain checks and balances in creation to prevent many of the global upsets that have been predicted by environmentalists. Yeah, and you know what that is? Humans die off. <laughs> Yay, God! Okay. Because... It, oh. Oh, actually, no. Actually, the checks and balances is people in North Carolina and Virginia and Texas ignoring global warming and legislating sea rise. (laughs) That'll take a few of us out. Yay, God! The Great Depression was exaggerated by propagandists such as John Steinbeck to advance the socialist agenda. (laughs) What did they say about the Holocaust? (laughs) (laughs) And the final one is... Right from the book of Revelation. Oh, good. The greatest struggle of all time, the Battle of Armageddon, will occur in the Middle East when Christ returns to set up his kingdom on earth. When? Tell me. Tell me, you fuckers. Tell me when. Sometime during someone's... We've been waiting two fucking thousand years for this supposed return of Christ that's going to end the world. It's going to happen during your lifetime. Uh, you, that is what people for 2,000 years have believed. You, you being a very vague term and not necessarily meaning you, but, you know, you, them, the giant ants. And these are people who, the the in the infinite wisdom of the Louisiana legislature, have decided that they need money. They need right. our money and, to teach kids. And the Republican governor... Bobby Jindal has signed off on this. Yay! Now, the great thing about this, uh, these vouchers... Is, is that these kids will never, ever go to college because they won't be able to get in. Yeah, which will make college more expensive. That kind of sucks. No, but uh, we're talking about unintended consequences. And <laughs> This is <laughs> called... You know what? A generation of kids working at McDonald's? There's nothing wrong with that. Only the McDonald's? World needs, the world needs ditch diggers. Yep. Well, I mean, the, the intelligent See, ones were... even the dogs are unhappy about uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but one of the inte- unintended consequences of this voucher system is they were ba- the people who wrote this were basically expecting only Christian schools to sign up for these vouchers. It appears that a Muslim school put in for uh, a couple hundred vouchers. I think a couple Muslim schools at yeah. least. And the legislatures got really pissed off when this happened. Because, no, 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 it wasn't supposed to be Islam that gets the money, only good Christian schools, which really shows you that this was only for one religion. 
Right. And only for religious schools, because sometimes they'll use the... Um, sometimes when they're talking about vouchers, they'll use the red herring of, well, there are secular private schools, too. Yeah, they're so, supposed to be yeah, supposed to be. But they a forgot public. about all the Muslim schools. Right. No, they're pr- secular private schools. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah. they're a handful. Yeah. Compared to all the religious schools and all the Muslim religious schools, all the Jewish religious schools, yeah. all the... You know, Sikh yeah. religious schools. So, what what so I'm these upset about is, is that this out. the Islamic School of Greater New Orleans has withdrawn its request. Yeah, that I saw that. That was that actually pisses me off. No, that if if we're going to be giving it to these fucktards who want to say that solar fusion is a myth and the trail of tears brought Indians to Christ, then God damn it, let them start praying five times a day to Allah and get some money for it. Yeah. You know, I, but the quote is, I won't go back home and explain to my people that I supported this. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we can't let these uh, Muslims have no, no money from the state. Why? That would just be wrong. All right. Uh, but that kind of leads into a real short uh, thing about education. There was... An article written by uh, Deborah Bloom on Slate.com about is called, quote, Why We Need to Split Science Education into Two Tracks. And she makes it makes a case that science generally is tends in schools tend to turn people off. Like for life. Just like math. Oh, it's so hard and then they never do math again, even though they sort of do math, but they never go into the higher math or anything. But one of the, the statements she 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 wrote was uh sort of a paraphrasing of one of her friends who was a physicist that she talked to. And this physicist friend said uh what we what we really operate is not so much an education system as a filtration system. Our science classes are designed to filter out those meant for the, quote, priesthood, end quote, his word, of science from everyone else. By the time students are ready for college, those who will become scientists are primed for the next step, and those who are destined for the, quote, lesser, my word, end quote, professions are primed to fear, even dislike the subject. I understand what they're saying in that, yeah. but I, I kind of disagree a little bit with it. I, I disagree wholeheartedly because everything is a filtration system: English, right. math, music, sports. It's it, you're always filtering out the people who are not good or not interested, so that you get the the cream of who love that subject to rise to the top. It's no different. So that to single out physics and math or science, I think is disingenuous. Right. My main disagreement was slightly different in that, especially college level, but you know, to a lesser extent, high school level. But it's really the college level courses that are really get into the level of highly technical, trying to get to the level of if you're going to be a professional in this field, you have to understand this. Yeah. Most of what I remember from grade school science is very simple kind of isn't this neat? Let's make something blow up. Kind of, let's make a little, you know, put together a Radio Shack electric thing to make lights light up or, mm-hmm. you know, make an R2-D2 or something like that. I yeah. I have a, a bitch about this article. Okay. Um, where he starts with the, the how can we fix it, 
da 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 da. Non majors, by contrast, would focus on what I think of as the science of every day. Things like kitchen chemistry, CSI style crime investigation. <laughs> Let I me have, guess. Let me guess. It's about the CSI part of it. Yeah, because there is. I mean, when you start looking at blood spatter and how bones break and everything else, it's actually pretty high physics involved in these things. Right, but we're talking just showing that science is is involved. I mean, right now we're we're at a time when we have exaggerated science being used in a whole bunch of mainly CSI. Uh, you have bones, you've got that other one based on math, whatever the hell that numbers. one is. Numbers. Numbers, yeah. Um and then you've got the fake psychic shows, the big bang theory. So right now is a really good time to be a teacher in, in science. Because, Mythbusters. Yeah, Mythbusters, because you have some really cool stuff. Now, I, I, I agree uh, with with your CSI. I mean, because it is advanced, but you can, can not dumb it down necessarily, but make it more uh, palatable. You can make it more palatable for the non, for the English major, for the right. music major, and, and all of that jazz. But to kind of say CSI... It's that it, there's a subtle implication that CSIs are not doing real science. Right, but you can still use the CSI Sci- or or the the kitchen cooking stuff or just that level of to to instill that level of Carl Sagan esque or Adam Savage esque wonder and just joy in science because part of the problem of science education that they talk about in this article is it's not necessarily teaching by rote, but more you, yeah, I, I'm thinking of like my high school chemistry class where we spent months and months and months of balancing equations and balancing equations. And people hated trying to balance the equations. And do I have all the NACLs on this side and the HNACLs, whatever on this side, whatever. And that was boring, but if you can teach chemistry with wonder and then get to the technical details, you well, can instill yeah. an idea of science is interesting, and then you get people who understand that the Earth takes one year to go around the sun if people are interested and want to pay attention to science. Yeah. Well, well, going back to the, the doing, because you can invoke science in practically everything from planting garden to washing your dishes to tying your shoes. I mean – if you can explain how it works, have people do and then explain what they did rather than, okay, balance this equation and then go and pour two chemicals together. But the point of the article really is that you, there should be two two tracks. There should be one for, for people who really like it and uh, a portion for those who are just kind of in there. Which I, again, disagree with, but it, keep going. It, yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, because if you can make it interesting for everybody, then the people who really want to, you can give them a little bit more, but have at least the, the people who are the musicians, for example, um, just have them do what's necessary so that they understand what's going on. Now, when I was in high school and all the way through my first bout at college, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to play drums. But at the same time, I liked all the science stuff, so I took honors physics and all of that, too. But I never thought that I would ever apply it. I never thought I would be an engineer, for example. And here I am, <laughs> being an engineer rather than a musician. Well, a little bit of both, but still. You know, you could, because you never know. In high school, you just don't know. Right. They, well, that's not quite. Some people always know exactly what they're going to be. But that's pretty rare. 
eh, it's it's semi rare. I mean, you you have the people who are artists who are always going to be artists. But you need to let them know that there's other things out there that they kind of need to know. So they have to learn how to do basic math or whatever. Right. So and, the, the, and that's the problem that I have with the two-track idea yeah. of having – well, we're – it sounds like you're going to have a remedial science class yeah. and then an advanced science class where – I you know I like the concept in the article where they talk about we got to make sure that people have four years of science in high school not just two that's good but that doesn't mean we have to it's it it almost sounds like they want to dumb down science for the people who don't care about it yeah no I, I agree with that I, I I agree with what you're saying and I I disagree with the article saying that uh, you shouldn't dumb it down you should bring them up to the level that they should be at because we are living in a global economy and we're getting killed. <laughs> yeah, the, and you know there are some good measures from state and federal governments like a STEM initiatives and what was it the Make project that I think Obama's trying to do about getting out and making things or something yeah. like. So I mean, there's things like that. One of the greatest things I remember from science classes, I think, was it was sixth grade science. We had a teacher who was engaged and fascinated in it. He had a snake in the classroom. We got to watch the snake get fed right. and then explain what's going on with this snake. Yeah. We had one whole cor- – we had a, a, a term project where we all had to invent something, kind of like a science fair thing, but everybody had to come up with a new invention. So you thought about, well, how do I experiment with this? How do I construct? What's the reason why I want to do this? And the joy in science – made you want to learn more, and that's where we're failing. So the, the thing about the, the, the two takes is that they say, oh, well, the people who are interested are going to you know, be interested. The people who aren't, aren't. But you'll always have someone who's really interested in something, and in school, they're going to do it. You know, I was really interested in drums, so I studied drums. You don't have to worry about me learning my part because I'm going to know my part because I love You have to worry about everybody else. Yeah. Uh, so what you have to do is make sure that every teacher, when they see an aptitude in a student, to encourage that aptitude. I think most of them do that, but every once in a while, uh, people get stepped on because, you know, if they're doing something outside of class and the school finds out about it, sometimes the administrators will stop them because it's not, you know, it's not kosher. So... You know, people who are enthusiastic about something will do whatever it is that they're enthusiastic about. Uh, but the worst thing you can do, in many ways, uh, is to to try and block them from doing it, to squash their enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, so in in Scotland, there was a uh, nine year old. I guess she's in sixth grade or something. I don't know. Well, they have different schools different there. They have owls and. You know, there are potions and stuff. <laughs> so there was this girl in Scotland, Martha Payne, who got really enthusiastic about uh, good lunches because of, uh, what's his name, Oliver? Jamie, Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver, who's a cook who's been pushing to have good good lunches made and, and fresh lunches made for students because it's he's shown that it's not any more expensive than shipping it in, and it's not any more work. And you can get people really involved. And so this this girl, Miss Payne, got Actually, really. Actually, it's Nick Naren that she's working with. Nick Naren, okay. So Nick Naren, whatever. What, what, keep going. Anyway, there's a there's a, a push and by cooks to 
get good food, healthy food served in in school. It doesn't have to be just greasy chili cheeseburger. As, as opposed to you know when ketchup was a vegetable back when you and I went to. <laughs> Some people right. are still legislating that. You're right. So she started taking pictures of her lunches and writing them and putting it on a blog. This is a nine-year-old girl with a blog, and she's enthusiastic about this. And the school's administrators, sorry, not the school administrators. The council administrators. The council administrators. They talked about it as if it was unwarranted attacks on the school's catering service. <laughs> No, and that's the whole point. It is warranted attacks. If if they served bad food, then it's absolutely warranted. If she doesn't like the food, and this is the food that she can have, you know, they but should... That decision has been reversed. It has been reversed, but they shut her down for a while. And yeah. part of the reason that they got shut down was because of the Streisand effect. Because she started... She, she got picked up on, like, Reddit or Slashdot... Or and some of these other social uh, aggregation sites, and started getting a lot of followers, and then she had to go on and say, "I can't do it anymore." And boom, they got flooded. So this is you know good social engineering, social work actually working. But they stomped on this girl, and I can imagine just a little bit that her enthusiasm uh, waned. That and, can have a big chilling effect. Yeah, it's like oh, on, on whether know. or not you want to actually keep doing what you are passionate yeah. about and then i'm sure that they probably impose a little bit of rules you can't say this or try and say it this way it's like no don't let them say what they want to say anyway that the point is she was going along and she she ran to a wall and i hope that she overcame it but they did the absolutely worst thing that you can possibly do to to someone's enthusiasm you right know? which i i think this whole idea of going back to the original article yeah of a two-track system, a two-tier yeah. system, a separate but equal system right. of, exactly. of science education will mean that someone someone who's in the, forgive the term, lower track will be thinking, well, then I don't really need to care about this because I'm not yeah. in the science track. So it, it, it diminishes people, especially if, for whatever reason, say in grade school, you didn't show a lot of maybe aptitude for science, and they said, you know what, we're going to put you into the lower track, but there's someone who really could be really fascinated by science if they get the right teacher, if they finally get onto the chemistry um, thing, they might find, wow, this is actually something I'm really interested in, yeah. where grade school, you're not talked about chemistry that much. No, you're learning how to so read So you finally write. find something you're really interested in, if, you, if you're given the rocks for jocks or moons for goons kind of um <laughs> you know the the kind of college courses that the football players take yeah. on science well there's there's all sorts of those the generic already though there's but, there's but biology forced, for non-majors there's but if you're chemistry forced for non into that track as saying you're not interested in science that can really stifle a possibility stifle enthusiasm sorry to mispronounce that well, you know what? I would make the argument that most of the people that are going into those classes have no desire. If, if they're majoring in, say, accounting or music, but that's the that's, majority. That's different. That's a college-level person choosing what courses they're going to take to satisfy a general science requirement that you have to take two or three classes in science. 
as opposed to high school level, which is we are trying to teach the fundamentals of science so that you can go out into the world as a learned person. That's that's, that's the the, the right. divide I have with it. Yeah, well, I guess I mean you still are always going to have the, the different levels because you'll 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 always have an honors class, you'll always have another, and and that's but, and that's it right there. I mean, if for the people who are capable doing the honors class, they do the honors class. Now, the fact is, I I just signed up for the honors classes and did quite well in them, and found them. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, they they said, oh, you're not, you know, your, your math skills aren't good enough. Well, they were. Yeah. So, the, so there already are that. opportunities. If a school actually has enough advanced placement class, yeah. then kids can go into that higher level. But the we don't want to dumb down the basics. Is, yeah, is I, my I, I, point I agree, of view. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what the article was sort of saying. Yeah, and 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 yeah, that's the problem we have with the article. Yep. So there you go. After all that, <laughs> we disagree. We disagree. Sort of. Well, after all that, then, no, after all that, that, then, that, that, then, all. Uh-oh, Gary's stuck again. Vol. <laughs> Somebody go smack him up alongside the head. <laughs> <laughs> so after all that, I believe that brings us to... Oh, could it be? Maybe? Could it be? Maybe? Could it be? <gasps> the Lightning Round! Yay! Lightning Round! So the lightning round. Yes, it is the lightning round. We switched it up a bit last week, but we're going to go back to traditional style this week with the Why is that, round. Greg? Yeah, because tell us. <laughs> the new idea I had for lightning round last week was to make questions about all the, all the articles that we had posted to the Facebook site. Well, I forgot to print that out this week and bring it with me. So we're just going to talk about... Uh, we each get two slots of 90 seconds to talk about uh, news stories that were interesting to us in this week, so we can uh, get some stuff off our chest and rant about what we want to rant about. Yeah! So, um, well, well, I basically just described it, so... Don't point at me! Gary, you're... <laughs> that doesn't help! We're trying to have silent signals so we know what's going on. I'm trying to prepare you so you know you're about to have to speak, Gary. So, Donna, oh. go first. <laughs> okay. Remember about a year ago, there was that police story of right outside Houston about this massive body farm that was being found. All of the shares. Well, guess what? The owners of that ranch, where no bodies were found, have decided to sue the police because basically it was a psychic hoax. Basically, the call into the police that said that there's this mass grave at this Texas farm was a psychic who was not apparently very psychic and was making up total bullshit. And so now they have decided to sue the Liberty County Sheriff's Office. Hmm. Um, You know, I hope they win. I hope they win lots and lots and huge piles of money so <laughs> i don't know i i'm of two minds on that because i mean the, the police have to follow up you have to take into account of course did they know that the, it was a psychic who made the call i believe so then they probably should have said, they should have asked him is this your psychic intuition or did you see the freaking bodies my third eye saw the freaking bodies 
Right. I mean, they could have just sent somebody out there, kind of did a cursory mm-hmm. investigation, and then gone. Oh, but no, they had to send guns no a blazing. Yeah. And they searched repeatedly Please. on this. Yeah. These right. Kind of exactly. Tips. On bullshit. So that's all I have to say. Sue them. Enjoy it. Win lots of money. <laughs> Thank you for that Leslie effect for the bell. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to uh, go next with another story of... Hey, yes. You're totally going to skip me tonight, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, I'll get to you in a minute. Actually, a minute and a half. Ha, ha, ha. Another story that started from last year, which is in August of 2011, um, some treasure hunters found, using uh, side-scanning sonar, a- an object in the bottom of the Baltic Sea, about 300, I think 300 feet down from the surface of the Baltic Sea. Hmm. What they found was a a vaguely circular object, which coincidentally looks a hell of a lot like the Millennium Falcon from the top. Vaguely circular, so like, I don't know, (laughs) egg-shaped? Circular with two prongs and a side thing off the side, like the cockpit. Well, um, this this last month, um, the... A team of divers from the Ocean X team uh, went down and actually took some video and did a dive to see what the heck this is. And um, basically, it's a big fucking rock. (laughs) Now, it's an interesting shaped rock. They said it kind of looked mushroom shaped. It looked like multiple things had kind of grown together. It was a weird shape. but And they took a sample to bring to geologists and find out what it is. But it, the interesting thing, which I'll spend my last 20 seconds on about this topic, is how this, the original description of what they found in the dive has kind of propagated and been described different ways. One of the things they said was, it looked like it was covered in soot. Hmm. Other descriptions of this article have said, it was burnt. No, it looked like it was covered in soot. Yeah. So that's my 90 seconds. Yeah. Uh, but it's an interesting how these kind of... Um, stories will get altered little by lit well, at, not little, only that, as they go through the press. But I, yeah, I, I read the follow post too as well, and the picture they keep showing of this rock formation, if you read the the little uh, subtext underneath, it's a an artist's interpretation of the rock. It's not even the bloody rock. Where the, the actual footage they have from the sea is basically this ver- you know blurry filled with Very silt blurry. Yeah. of of rocks and stuff like that and well you know they they go on a bit about you know oh it looks like it had fireplace a fire chimney looking structures and then other articles were like well they had fire chimneys everywhere yeah. or you know and then there was totally this, misquoting him yeah is yeah. so yeah so I'm, I'm going on long too long yeah. Uh, I shouldn't have taken a mulligan. Someone stopped me from talking. Now, Gary, you talk. No, yeah. wait a minute. Donna again. No, Gary, go talk. Donna, both of us together. Ready? Go. All right, there was a thing on divert. Oh, you're not going to go? Aw. No. Okay. Mine, I know, is going to go long, so. Oh. All right, then I'll take you last. Thank you. Go, Gary. All right. Um, there was an article released on PLOS One. Really? An article release? That never happens. Yes. The title of Divergent Effects of Beliefs in Heaven and Hell on National Crime Rates. And it was a a study that showed that when a group, when a city or large group of people predominantly believe 
in a good god who promises heaven for being good. Good god. There is larger crime rate than if there is a larger belief in hell. Or a punishing Old or Testament. Or punishing kind of Old ne- Exactly. And it's quite an interesting uh, statistical study. It, and uh, statistically, it works out that um, a happy God means more crime and a bad God means less, less crime. crime. Uh, and they, they made sure to say that correlation does not equal causation because there's a lot of other things that could possibly be going on in here. Um, and they didn't even say uh, lack of belief at all. You know, it was just basically between the two. Uh, so it was kind of an interesting article. Uh, and this, the guy who did this, uh, Sharif, Azim Sharif, did has done a couple of different articles along this this uh, way. But it was a kind of a cool article. I enjoyed it. And it was multiple religions, not just not one. just Christianity. Yeah, it's it's a spectrum of the the harsh religions versus the fuzzy religions right of all times although we're so i'm gonna take a mulligan on this one too because the interesting thing is like in in the southern united states we actually have really uh, large, uh higher crime than than the northern states and we also have the the fire and brimstone preachers so one interesting idea about this that i did i thought about and then apparently a couple of people in the comments is it has to do whether or not you think you are one of the chosen ones. <laughs> oh. So and everybody in the South thinks they're the yes, chosen. Yes, we're the chosen. You're not going to hell. I'm going to heaven, but you're not. So anyway, thought that, that was rather interesting. Well, since we're going to end with Donna, we're going to go back to Gary and then go back around the circle. So All Gary, right. Twice subject number two. Subject number two is uh, the Streisand effect, sort of. If you're not familiar with the online comic called The Oatmeal, you should familiar, familiarize yourself with them. Uh, they had a, a slight interaction about a year ago with, with a site called funnyjunk.com, which was a comedy aggregation site and often would not attribute whatever was on their site to the places where they got it. So, like, Dilbert cartoons, for example, would show up without a Dilbert.com attribution. They would uh, just steal the comics. They would steal the comics. And they actually, they weren't going out and stealing it. They had people posting on their site. So it's kind of like Flickr for other people's stuff. Uh, and the Oatmeal put up a blog post about it last year and just called them out on it and said, you know, stealing it is not good. At least attribute. Give me attribution. Give me, you know, run people to my site. So a couple of uh, days ago, well, last week, um, the guy who owns FunnyJunk.com hired a lawyer named Carrion, Charles Carrion, who has sued them. Uh, I have to take a mulligan on this one, too. Sorry. Uh, And (laughs) the guy from the oatmeal, uh, Matthew Inman, uh, put up another post. It basically... No, not even basically. Telling the guy to... Mulligan. Bing, to fuck off. And uh, so so the the attorney said, give us $20,000 or, you know, well, we're going to sue you. So the guy from the oatmeal said, no, not only am I not going to give you $20,000, but I'm going to put up $10,000 each to two charities that I like. And I, so I'm going to give $20,000 to charity. 
Well, in just over 24 hours, sorry, just over an hour, they got the $20,000. And after, and now a week, they've received $200,000 to give to these charities. Now, the guy from FunnyJunk.com, the lawyer, Charles Carrion, is suing the oatmeal. The uh, charities. Indiegogo, which is hosting the, the money, and the World Wildlife Fund, and, no wait, um, Cancer Research, American Cancer, cancer Society, research. and damn, 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 and damn. This is one hell national, of a Yeah, you know, it was the National Wildlife Federation and American Cancer Society. So he's decided to sue them all. And it's like, and now is asking for over $100,000. <laughs> Okay, this is one of those things that makes me wonder if Andy Kaufman is still alive, because the lawyer's name is Carrion, uh-huh. as in Carrion Eater, as an eater of dead bodies. Yes, but C A R E O N. Yeah, it's just one of those things that you know, stupid people are stupid, uh, or intelligent people can be quite stupid. Right. And this guy doesn't care whether he's looked at as a pariah. But why would you sue a charity? Because you're not going to get the money. The guy's an idiot. All right. Yes. Ding. Holy cow. Yeah. That was almost a Gurg-esque mulligan. I know. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll cut some of that. It's all right. I'm just teasing. Oh, you're teasing. Okay. So, Greg. And speaking of teasing, I'm going to try to keep this one as short as possible. Psychic 49 brainwashed two women into stripping and carrying out sexual acts at the seances to help contact their dead relatives. Makes sense to me. Um, Carl Lang, a 49-year-old, um, had several female clients who either wanted to be trained how to be psychics or wanted to be able to contact, say, their dead father or something. Um, he was kept telling them that the the way to enhance his psychic powers was to sexed him with nude pictures of themselves. <laughs> or, when they came to the science, seances, they had to strip naked, close their eyes, and meditate for half an hour, and I guess don't worry about the <laughs> sounds coming from the other side of the room. And he also claimed he was the reincarnation of Jesus, and told people that they, if they told on him or went to the authorities, that he would not be able to contact their dead father. And the funny part of this is the article that I found this about, or or one of my friends let me know about on Facebook, is from the DailyMail.com, and it starts out with a fraud psychic brainwashed women (laughs) stripping naked. Because the only fraudulent psychic there could ever be was one that tried to get women to strip naked in front of him to get his rocks (laughs) off. And pretend to be psychic. That is all I have to say. Wow. That was on silent, too. <laughs> I, I got an applause from the internet on that story. I know. I guess I'm using this thing. So, yeah, we posted that one to the Facebook page on Wednesday. Go have it a read. It's it's There's even more to that, and it's funny. <laughs> so, despite the fact that all of us have gone long on all of our lightning round topics... Donna, you said you knew you were going to go long, so yeah. I'm not even going to bother with the timer. Oh, I am. Gary is. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, about every year, biblical archaeologists claim some big, huge find. Oh, crap. Um, they 2007, the bones of Joan, the Ar- Joan of Arc were 
you know, supposedly found in some French church. For the 800th time. Turned out to be bones from an Egyptian mummy. I think there's been about 30 nails from Jesus that have been found throughout the world. Only 30? Well, he kept on slipping off. Slivers of the cross, the tomb of Jesus. What is it now? Right. So, recently discovered, and I, I do use the air quotes on those words. It's hard to do scare quotes on a podcast, isn't it? I know. They found a small handful of bones in an ancient church in Bulgaria, who may or may not have belonged to John the Baptist. Sure. Of Bulgaria, did you say? Right. And basically what they're saying is is that... He gets around. No, is that ancient churches, that when they were being established, somebody with money would basically pay for some sort of artifact to kind of consecrate the church... Right. And these bones were found in a small box. It was marked with the name John the Baptist on it. In crayon. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I said I knew it was going to go long. Wax. Um, <laughs> all of these things. It, okay, now, here's where I start to really have some issues. Let me guess. This is getting into archaeology pissed off le- yes. level. The human bones in the box included a tooth... A part of a cranium, a rib, an ulna, which is one of the arm bones. And whoever ulna fucking Thurman. wrote this article uses the word knuckle bone. FYI, people, <laughs> when you bend your finger, that area, there's, they're digitals. So they're, is that is that like a patella et on the... <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! I fucking hate you. Uh, just, just so the listeners know, the patella is a bit on your, your knee. Knees. It's actually your knee. Right. Your fingers don't have them. <laughs> it's cartilage and sinew and stuff, isn't right? It? Yeah. yeah, where the two bones meet, it's cartilage and sinew and everything else. There is no knuckle bone, <laughs> people. Well, that's a real knuckle-headed maneuver of this well, author. Well, no, and it gets further on. It says the researchers could only date the knuckle bone because it was the only one that had enough um, collagen for a good analysis using carbon dating because of the organics and everything else. That guy spent way too much time playing Operation. <laughs> exactly. Now, here's my actual favorite part of the article. Well, my favorite part of the article is the fact that they said they found... Like part of the head and a, a, a tooth and other things from the body. Wasn't John the Baptist beheaded? Yeah, but that didn't mean that they kept his head and his body separate. Is that par- like a vampire? But didn't they parade his head around? So his head and his body got separated in the beginning. Right. In the beginning. But in the- they, they, they probably kept track of the body. Didn't they desecrate it? Or am I thinking of that episode of Angel? <laughs> I, I don't know. But... <laughs> Here's the thing. The fans of Angel will know what I'm talking about about Krevlo and Swath. Now, like I said, they found these bones. He's single, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) It's sad because it's true. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. So the article goes on for, like, literally a page and a half. They could have ended it after the... First sentence in the second paragraph. Go ahead. What's the first sentence? There's no way to be sure, of course, as there are no confirmed pieces of John the Baptist to compare the fragments of bones. <laughs> yeah, you think? Right there. Boom. <laughs> so, so essentially, they found bones in a box. In a box, they were able to date them to about, about two thousand years century. ago. 
and said, well, because these are old bones, they got to be John the Baptist. And, sure. the, and basically the box was labeled. Oh, that's true. It did have a label on it. So for 2,000 <laughs> years, no one could ever change a label. They didn't invent fucking label makers in the last 2,000 years that they kind of pasted over to say, this is John the Baptist, where it really, really is like Wally the Baptist, his lesser-known cousin. Rufus. That's Rufus. that's a disciple I'm talking about. Wally the Baptist. So I mean, this he is one of the he things- didn't baptize people with water. He squirted people with grape jelly. They didn't have grape jelly. Blasphemer. <laughs> he bless he blessed them with hummus. Do they have hummus? Yeah. Oh. I just think well, actually, Wally of- the Baptist convinced <laughs> Wally the Baptist convinced women that if they, they disrobed in front of him, that um, it would enhance his psychic nature. Oh, so and- it comes from a long line of okay, yes. cool. Yeah. So sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, like I said, I mean, the whole article is over in the second paragraph, first sentence. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's like it's like we can't be sure. Stupid, no credulous, unscientific reporting. Yeah. Yes, and I just it, the so. fact that it goes on for an hour and they try to make it sound all scientific. They're all like, "It could have been mixed with modern DNA, but we didn't find any of that." And blah 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 blah, blah and all of this. Yeah, it goes on for an hour. How slow do you read? No, I said it goes on for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this re- this reminds me. Many years ago, a roommate of mine ha- uh, found a very little known series out there I think it was called Fishing with John <laughs> and it was this idea that this guy John would invite celebrities to go fishing with him Right. there was one episode I think it's like one where the guy was fishing with Tom Waits or something huh. and the throughout the entire episode there's this narrator talking about the giant squid <laughs> and how they're fishing for the giant squid and giant squid is believed to be here, whatever, whatever. The last 30 seconds of the episode, they say, the giant squid has not actually ever been proved to exist. <laughs> it's like the whole idea of just... And it was a joke to do this. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's basically hunting Bigfoot. Yeah. It's well, it's, like, it's that one little tiny skeptical comment, the, like the three seconds of Michael Shermer on a History Channel episode of Ghost yeah. Hunters or something, right. that it's like, you know what? Don't even fucking bother anymore. If you're not going to actually be skeptical, don't bother trying to pretend you're fair and balanced. Well, the article does... God th- damn it, I pissed off! The article wow. does... There are these little things in there. They're all like, this study has not been has not yet been published in a peer-reviewed journal. You think? And then, even if the monks of Sveti Ivan believe... Wait, Sveti Ivan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding there. Holy shit. We should send them something from like adamandeve.com. Or smittenkitten.com. I'm, I'm sure they have sweaty Yvonne Wait, Musk. Like it says, even if the monks of sweaty Yvonne <laughs> believe the bones to be St. John's, they may not have been. So, I mean, it's this, it's this back and forth tennis game argument yeah. of, is it? Is it not? The, the only- it's it's the, 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 um, the gangster vault. Oh, the, the Al Capone's oh. vault. Yeah, this with... is the Al Capone's vault article of biblical archaeology. Is it? Is it not? We're gonna just keep I, arguing it. I first. sat through that stupid show with uh, Geraldo Rivera of sitting and waiting until see what was inside Al Capone's vault and was just a bunch of trash. That pissed me off. 
Because I was one of those kids who read about Bigfoot or UFOs. It was like, well, it would be neat if it was true. And then you read it, it was like, there's nothing here. But there was an Al Capone, so... True. There, 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 there well could have. You'd think it'd do a little bit of research. But going back to this, the, the only thing you can tell for sure is whether they're human or not. Right. They can tell that the six bones... They can get an approximate age. They also know that there was three animal bones found in the the reliquary that are approximately 400 years older than the human bones. But but the one thing that I don't get is, okay, John the Baptist was a holy man, or, I mean, he became holy after he baptized Jesus. So you would think that there would be something special about these bones, just like you would think there would probably be something special about Jesus Christ's bones. Or, hell, any of the Pope's bones. They're supposed exactly. to be the representative on Earth and all that. Yeah, so you think there'd be something sp- literally special about them, not just that they had they were in a box with hell. A label they on would it. be plaid or something, something interesting. <laughs> you know, did did either of you guys see the 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 treasures from the Vatican um, that came through here several years ago? That show just cracked me up. They had a big down at one of the big. Um, Gay bars? Ex- no, exhibit centers. <laughs> it was right next door to a gay bar, though. Oh, well, um, you know. So they had this thing time. about, you know, treasures from the Vatican. Some of the books, all the ancient texts and everything, they they actually had them on display. Really? Cool. What was funny is it went through, and they had this hammer. It cracked me up. That apparently no. when one of the popes, when a pope dies, they actually have to hit him in the head with the hammer to make sure he's dead. <laughs> fucking I really me. hope it looks like Thor's hammer. No, it was very dainty. But it was like, really? Have you so ever they're never they're heard not smashing the head, They're not smashing the head open. They're just going, Hello? Anyone in there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, think about it. You got some angry bishop who's trying to make a name for himself. <laughs> well, that's the question. How hard do you have to hit a pope in the head to figure out if it's still alive? <laughs> it's kind of like the questions of... <laughs> to figure out whether it's still alive. Yes. That's awesome. It's like the question of how many licks it takes to get the center of a Tootsie Pop. Three. One, yeah, you two. Got, you, know, you, you need, like, Grant Imahara to build a robot to gauge the specific amount of force necessary to either to just wake a sleeping pope versus making sure it's alive if it's dead or if it's in a coma. I mean, there's so much I can tell you this, that it's only 90 newtons of of force to break a bone. Let's get Pope Ratzinger to volunteer to, you know, submit himself to test to see if a proper amount of force will make sure that he's alive. Because have they done any... Um, uh, placebo-controlled studies on this to know whether or not a hammer... Placebo-controlled studies. That's right. We we demand scientific accuracy with how much we should be hitting the Pope Yeah, yeah. The hammer. You, you hit him with the holy hammer? You hit him with the, one of those little kitty squeak, squeak, squeaky hammers. I was going to say a wiffle bat. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on that note, I guess thanks for joining yes. us, everybody. And we'll talk with you... Next week! Yay! We're sorry if we made you uncomfortable. <laughs> Bye-bye! Bye-bye! Bye! Bondage bunny. Bye.
The Skeptic Liar podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Liar, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. And and a side note to Donna's story about the the Pope hammer <clears throat> keeping alive, as if I didn't sidetrack us up enough, <laughs> that um, a- apparently you can get Pope waking hammers over at ExtremeRestraints.com, which is the ultimate bondage store. Are they actually called Pope waking hammers? I, I, I can't remember exactly how they're listed. Wow. Okay, I have some friends to introduce you to. <laughs> Remind me about this later on. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Greg's going to get some tips. <laughs> I am an anthropologist. I do get paid to talk about sex. Oh. So. See you all at Tam. <laughs> <laughs> he really is a nice guy, ladies. Next next week, Greg's going to explain the burns on his wrists. <laughs> <laughs> wrists? Amateur. He's, he's going to explain And why, why he dislocated both of his shoulders. No, he's going to have to explain why he's wearing a bunny outfit and calling us mistress and master. <laughs> bunny outfit? That's yeah. that's the, the furries. You're getting the fetishes mixed up. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, there was an awkward silence. Bondage bunny. Yeah. the excitement in your face was a terror to behold (laughs) and fyi there will be no scritching during the podcast so come out this weekend to big bob's burgers in san antonio and see gary and greg live in concert june 23rd 2012 gary and bondage bunny i think (laughs) isn't it good to be a bunny Bondage Bunny! Okay. Alright, I guess I'm ready to no, no, Wait a minute, Bondage Bunny songs! That's our theme for next week's, uh, next month's, uh, song challenge. Okay! Yes! yes. Much, Bondage much, much Bunny. better than patriotism. <laughs> we'll combine them! <laughs> be a patriotic, yet Bondage Bunny. <laughs> no, it has to be the month after, because I've already written this month's songs. Oh, oh so July ish yeah. is. Yeah. July, August, just in time for Jerry Garcia's birthday on August 1st. Okay. The original Bondage Bunny, Gary, Jerry Garcia. Yeah, no. <laughs> I swear, you guys, I don't drink alcohol. I swear. Yeah, I'm beginning to think that it's not the alcohol that we need to worry about. No, I think it's the shrooms. <laughs>